0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome in, everybody, to a special edition of the Future Brew Podcast coming a little later in the week. But that is because we are now pretty much done with the early signing day. I know it's kind of like it's a three-day period, but most of the action gets done on the first day, Wednesday. So we are recording this. On Wednesday, heading into Thursday, and there was quite a bit that happened for the 2023 class, the opening day of the early signing period. Vaughn Lozon here, host of Future Brew on maizeandbrew.com, joined by John Simmons, our recruiting contributor at maizeandbrew.com. So, John, let's just break this down, man. Um, I'll be just straight up with you, man. I mean, other than the two commits that we'll talk about, and I want to get your thoughts on this, too, uh, just to start the show here. This was a pretty standard (laughs) run-of-the-mill signing day uh, for the Michigan Wolverines. You don't really see this whole lot. Usually you'll get like a flip or a decommitment, whether it's good or bad for Michigan. None of that happened today. Aaron Gates was one of the couple, I guess, flip candidates. Uh, He has been committed to Florida for a really long time. He's a four-star defensive back. And that was the one guy, Steve Klinkscale, was going really hard after this entire cycle. He ended up signing with Florida, so there was no flip there. None of Michigan's previously committed players ended up flipping to a different school. So, John, really interesting signing day in the fact that, like, nothing, like, there wasn't really a whole lot of drama, I guess, outside of the one commitment that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But no drama, whether it was good or bad for Michigan. No flips, no decommitments, nothing like that. They signed all of their commitments uh, on the first day of the early signing period. So everybody's all signed up. Everyone is, uh, you know, they've got their plans, whether they're going to enroll early or they will wait until the summer. Uh, Everybody's all signed up at this point, John. So I guess just give me your thoughts about the fact that there was really hardly any drama on this uh opening day of the early signing period for the twenty-three class.
1: Yeah, I would say it's about as good as you can ask for. Um, you know, there were some decisions that Michigan was waiting on, but they were um pretty much considered kind of in the bag and that there is some leaking ahead or a lot of crystal ball runs right before their decision that made it um pretty obvious that Michigan was going to be the choice. So it was nice to pick up a couple of um, like blue chip commits, four-star guys, but also not have to stress too much. Although one of the guys um, tried to create some drama, but I think it actually, in my mind, at least only cemented the uh, my thought that he would pick Michigan.
0: Yeah, I, I think so too. And let, let's just go right to that committed player now that you're, referring to, and that is four-star cornerback Jair Hill. Ended up committing to Michigan on uh, the opening day of the uh, early signing period here. Really, I guess the longest tenured, uh, I would say at the very least, uh, non-committed player in this class. Uh, Steve Klinkscale, Jim Harbaugh, they've been recruiting him for a very, very long time. They offered him back on October 1st of 2021. And the one program that was recruiting him longer than the Wolverines was the in-state team, the Illinois Fighting Illini. They offered him a couple weeks before Michigan did in September of 2021, despite all of that. And despite the fact that he committed to Michigan and signed with Michigan, he dropped a top five earlier this week. I uh, really pulled a pump fake on a whole lot of people. It was Illinois, Purdue, Florida, Missouri, and Kentucky were in that top five list. So even though the Wolverines were not there, he went with the Wolverines at the end of the day. Uh, he is six foot one, 170 pounds from Kankakee, Illinois visited Michigan countless times, had other really good offers from the likes of Notre Dame and TCU, Oregon, Washington, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Auburn, Tennessee. The list kind of goes on there. He's number one hundred and ninety five overall on the twenty four seven sports composite, number twenty four at the cornerback position, and the number two player overall from the state of Illinois in this twenty twenty three class. So really interesting end to this uh, recruitment here, John, even though I said, you know, there there wasn't really a whole lot of drama. Uh, On this uh, signing day, this is, I I guess you can call this drama because there was still some uncertainty, even though all of the crystal ball picks were in on Michigan, even the Illinois insider was saying that he still thought Michigan had a chance in this. So really all of the tea leaves were reading Michigan, even though he flat out said a couple days prior, hey, this is my top five. Michigan is not in it. Uh, My decision will be one of these five schools ended up not being one of those five schools. So take me through your thought process here, John, as far as the way that this recruitment kind of unfolded towards the end of uh, this 2023 class. It was really interesting in my mind.
1: Yeah, it's, it was kind of just an attempt to, uh, you know, I think kids nowadays even more so like with all the information with recruiting sites and crystal balls and everything, like it's a lot of mystery is gone and where, kids are choosing nowadays and you know some still want kind of that uh splash when they make a decision so um I just think it was kind of obvious when Hill didn't include Michigan at all in the top five that it was going to be a head fake considering like no matter what happened um between you know the end of the season and now like Michigan was going to be in that at least as top five schools there really wouldn't have been a reason for him to fall out so them not including it at all kind of screamed that um it's going to be you know a, a pulled a, a hat, hidden hat out of the table or something like that type of announcement um you know unless it's you know like a Josh Christopher situation where he really didn't want like <laughs> he was mad that uh his decision leaked or whatever and he wanted just to go somewhere that would completely surprise everyone so um i don't think we're dealing with that type of kid here um thankfully so i think Jire Hill is really good addition to the class at a big position of need. So this is a huge get for Michigan's class. And I think he's going to contribute pretty early for Michigan.
0: Yeah. I'll never fault a kid for wanting to build up some drama uh, with his commitment and his decision on signing day. You really only get one of these in your lifetime. So if you want to kind of pull a head fake and like you said, uh, you know, get some more viewers on Uh, the YouTube stream or what have you. I mean, I'm I'm never going to fault a kid for wanting to do that. He was just having fun at the end of the day. I'm sure some people out there will be a little irritated by what he did. But again, it's his decision. And at the end of the day, he picked Michigan. You can't really be too upset about it. But yeah, I mean, the fact that he left Michigan off his quote unquote top five list that he dropped a few days ago, it was clear as day. He was going to pick the Wolverines at the end of the day. There's no way that uh, some of these other schools in this top five list, like, like Illinois was clearly uh, the number two school here. But as far as Missouri and and Kentucky, Florida, I mean, Purdue was kind of an interesting one, just given the D coordinator at Illinois went over there to be their head coach, but it, it was Michigan and Illinois, Uh, taking, you know, it was a head-to-head battle between those programs the entire time. But like you said, it's a a really big addition to the class. He joins Cameron Calhoun, a three-star cornerback, and uh, DJ Waller, another three-star. I guess you could say he's like a defensive back, whether it's corner or safety that he plays at the next level. So that is your defensive backfield uh, for the uh, Michigan 2023 class. And uh, I'd say it's a pretty good one, uh, considering where it was at just a few weeks ago, they didn't have any guys committed. And then Cam Calhoun dropped, uh, you know, shortly after the Ohio state game, DJ Waller followed, uh, shortly after that. And now Jair Hill, uh, kind of the crown jewel of the defensive backfield joins the class. And I I'd say you have a, a few pretty decent pieces to play with as far as cornerbacks and safeties go, uh, in this class. And, uh, You know, we'll see if they go after more guys in the transfer portal, or perhaps there's a super late bloomer in the February signing period. I tend to doubt it. I I would imagine that they go hard at the position in the 2024 class, but these three guys that they've got right now, I think are a, a pretty solid nucleus for what they could have in the future for the corners and safeties. Let's move on to the other commitment that came This was before Jire Hill announced his commitment to Michigan. This came Wednesday morning around uh, 10 o'clock. It was uh, one of the first big commitments of the day, just in general. And this was from four-star wide receiver Carmelo English. He picked Michigan at his school's. Uh, signing day uh, announcement ceremony. He chose Michigan over Kentucky, Alabama, Auburn, and Jackson State. Those were his top five schools. He was committed to Auburn for a while and then decommitted, reopened up that recruitment. He took in a Michigan visit, uh, a few of them actually, Yeah, before he originally committed to Auburn. He took his official visit to Michigan in June and then came back up to Ann Arbor for the Penn State game in October. Tried to get up one more time, but it didn't happen uh, last weekend. So there was a little bit more intrigue going into this one as far as was he going to stay down south and play for an SEC school, or was he going to come up north and completely go a different direction from what most kids do that are from the state of Alabama and go north and play in the Big Ten, and that is exactly what he is doing. He is five foot 175 pounds, number one seventy-eight overall on the composite, and uh, the third receiver in this class. And I'm sure we'll talk more about just the the nucleus of receivers in this class, John. But uh, he he he's a really good addition, man. I mean, he can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. He had a really good senior season where he had seventy receptions for 850 yards and 11 touchdowns. Uh and, and the season before that was uh was even better. He had 18 touchdowns uh and 1059 receiving yards. So really big playmaker coming to Ann Arbor and it's not exactly the big bodied receiver that Michigan was probably hoping for. But I think the way he plays the re- receiver position, I-, I think it can kind of be made up for not getting like a six, two or a six, three guy in this class. I really like Carmelo English as a prospect and I'm really glad he's in Michigan's class.
1: Yeah. I think he's a really great, great late pickup and he's he kind of reminds me of Darius Clemens recruitment last uh, cycle where um, Michigan was in on him early, got like that June official visit. Then the interest kind of dies off in this case, English committed to Auburn, but, um, you know, Michigan maintained that good relationship there. And, um, when, you know, a coaching, uh, you know, Clemens was about to commit to Oregon or when, um, uh, Mario Cristobal went to Miami and this time, um, Brian Harson gets fired at Auburn and Michigan takes advantage of the coaching, Carousel and swoops in and gets, um, you know, a quality solid four star receiver here that, uh, you know, put up really good numbers, like you said, in a a good state for high school football. So I think he's a really quality add and bolstered a pretty good receiver class overall for Michigan this year.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Let's talk about that receiver class that Michigan is building on in this 23 class. So obviously, English is the highest ranked of them all. Top 200 guy. Uh, you, you go, you got to go down a little bit into the three star range. I don't think Samaj Morgan is a three star. I would personally have him ranked as a four star, but the composite has him at number 486 overall. He's the uh 510, 175 pound receiver from West Bloomfield. He's been committed to Michigan for what seems like a lifetime at this point, but he is a three star nonetheless. And then finally. To round out, the receiver class is three-star Frederick Moore. He committed to Michigan over the summer. He is six feet tall, 175 pounds. So again, like I previously mentioned, you don't really have a big body guy. Like you don't have a Darius Clemens. You don't have an Amorian Walker. uh, You don't have a Cornelius Johnson type receiver in this class. But the good news is, you do have Darius Clemens and you do have a Morgan Walker, two guys that really didn't play a whole lot. Their true freshman season, they're going to be around for a little while. So you've already kind of got that in the bank moving forward for at least the next two seasons. So in my opinion, John, not a huge deal that they didn't get a big body guy. Like they were going after chance Fitzgerald, who was a three-star guy listed at six, two, six, three. So he would have definitely fit that bill of the uh, type of receiver that they were kind of trying to get. But at the end of the day, if you get a few guys that you really like, and I think they really like all three of these guys. And quite frankly, I do as well. I think they're all solid prospects. It, you can't really complain a whole lot when it comes down to getting a four-star guy on signing day. And then two other receivers that you've had committed for uh, quite a long time. So I, I think this is a solid receiver class. I don't like it as much as last year's with the two guys I just mentioned. And then Tyler Morris as well, but it's still it's a solid foundation in three really good pieces uh, to the offensive uh, weaponry that you're going to try and reload with when guys like Ronnie bell and possibly Cornelius Johnson end up leaving after this season. So uh, just take me through your thoughts on uh, the three receivers that they have. Cause I, I really like all three of these guys and I think they can, uh, Uh, have successful careers at the collegiate level.
1: Yeah. I've just always liked Frederick Moore throughout the cycle too. I think he's a really solid guy. Um, You know, he scored like five touchdowns in his like state title game Um, had a really good year catching the ball, uh, returning kicks, um, playing defensive back for his team. So he's all over the place. Um, And I think he uh, is a guy that is really polished his routes Um, is known for just kind of uh, having a high floor. And I think he's a guy that you could see um, get into the rotation pretty early too. Uh, So I think Michigan set themselves up well too. They also got two uh, good tight end commits uh, with Zach Marshall and Deacon Tonielli. Um, I think Marshall's a little more upside athletically, um, but it still has a little ways to go. But both of them, I think, could also help in the pass game.
0: Yeah, agreed. I really like the tight ends as well. I think Tony Ellie has a a whole lot of potential. I'm interested to see the type of tight end that Zach Marshall turns into. I'm also really interested to see what Kendrick Bell ends up doing at the University of Michigan. He is the younger brother of Ronnie Bell. He's a three-star athlete. Uh, The Michigan football Twitter account listed him as a quarterback, but I'm not sure if that's where he's going to end up playing necessarily. They're going to give him a shot at quarterback, it seems like, but I certainly would not be surprised to see him uh, either at receiver or at defensive back at some point. Uh, in the near future, I also really like, John, uh, the running back stable that they have with uh, Cole Cabana, the four star in state guy from Dexter, Michigan, who's also been committed for uh, what seems like quite some time now. And then three star Benjamin Hall. He didn't have the most stellar of senior years, but at 510 225, he is the exact type of running back that Mike Hart running backs coach can turn into just a bruiser at the collegiate level. So I'm really excited about those guys to uh, kind of filling the need of running back. And, and it's going to be a need once again, in the 24 class, but having those two guys on board signed up and uh, I believe both of them are going to be enrolling early too. That just gives them a leg up in the competition uh, when it comes to uh, it really just filling out the depth chart going into uh, the 23 season or the 22 uh, 23 season I'm sorry and uh and, and just going into the future with all of that it, it's really going to be important and uh yeah I, I like those two guys quite a bit so any other uh, guys or position groups you want to uh, point out here John because i I really like what they've got going on here they've got the number 17 overall class on the composite it's not the highest ranked class. By any means of the Harbaugh era, but lots of really solid players.
1: Yeah, I think um, on the defensive side, I think the edge defensive line class is pretty good. You know, Ed is the highest strength player in the class right now. Um, He's ranked as a defensive lineman, but I think he could start on the outside and then see how he grows and maybe slide inside. Um, You've got Americ Kumba, who's, you know, a French edge that has a bunch of really good athletic traits. And it's just about developing him and um, getting him, you know, that football technique down, which I think Mike Elston can um, easily do. Um, You got Brooks Barr, uh, who's been in the class for a while. I just think there's a lot of really solid uh, defensive line guys and a good group to build on as well there.
0: Well, before we move on, let me talk about the offensive line too, since you just hit the D line. Because these guys that they got committed on the offensive line are uh, no slouches either. Evan Link, the four-star offensive tackle from uh, Washington, D.C. I I like his upside quite a bit. He's 6'6", 290. He uh, committed to Michigan back in the summer. And uh, it was really between them and Penn State. So it's good that uh, you were able to uh, get him away from a, a Big Ten East competitor. And really like where he uh, has... Um, you know, just the potential that he has, I really like a lot. I think he is uh more so suited for the right tackle position than left tackle. Certainly can do both, but I think his uh contributions at the college level will probably come at right tackle. Amir Herring, the four-star in-state guy, he's also from West Bloomfield, can play guard, can play center, and uh, he's just relentless. I mean, he just does not give up on plays. He is. Is just he he could be a future captain in my opinion. I really like uh, his character. He's he's got a lot of uh, grit on the football field. I just like him as a football player overall. And then Nathan Efobi, another four star, probably another interior guy. Uh, at six three and a half, 282 Really like the potential that this offensive line class has. Uh, so in the trenches, they they certainly knocked it out of the park. They you know they missed on a few guys for sure. But uh, I really do like what they've got going on for the offensive and the defensive lines. Well, let, let's move on. And uh, before we do, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor, which is Manscaped, the best at men's below the waist grooming. And go check out the Performance Package 4.0, guys. I mean, I've been talking about this for months now. At this point, you get the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, waterproof. Got that skin-safe technology. Uh, it's just an incredible package. It comes with the weed whacker, ear, nose trimmer, and uh, you get a free pair of boxers and a travel bag. You get so much stuff with the performance package 4.0. It, it's stellar stuff, guys. I'm I'm not just uh, not just saying this just because of the sponsor. I use this stuff pretty much every week, and it is phenomenal. Uh, it just really, really great material. And if, and if, if that's not good enough for you, let's give you the promo code MNB20. You'll get 20% off your order. Go to manscaped.com. You get free worldwide shipping and 20% off with MNB20 at checkout. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back, everybody. We are going to wrap up our 2023 early signing period podcast here with a discussion about the guys who did not sign early in this 2023 class. They are holding off until the traditional February signing day. So they've got about another month and a half or so to make up their mind make their commitment and sign their letter of intent. So the guys that did not sign during this December signing period, there are a few guys that are still left on the board for Michigan that they're still going after pretty hard here. And uh, let's just start right off at the top of the ranked guys at the very least. And that is five star athlete, Nicholas Harbor, one of the top players overall in this 2023 class Michigan has been recruiting him about as hard as anybody in this class but there are a few other suitors out there that are continuing to recruit him hard as well Uh, Maryland is uh, one of the teams that is surging as of late he visited them very recently and he's had some very glowing things to say about the Maryland football and track program because he has Aspirations of running track at the next level, and also trying to get to the Olympics of running track. So he's got uh, he he is going uh, all out for it apparently uh, with this track stuff. So he he wants to uh, because of that wants to probably play uh, on the offensive side of the ball more so than anything. Try and preserve his body. He's a, uh, a very high caliber edge prospect, but. It seems like he wants to play either wide receiver or tight end. So I digress. Maryland going after him hard. South Carolina, among the other programs near the top of his list. And then you've got a few Southern schools like LSU, Miami, and Georgia that are also kind of hanging around in this recruitment as well. So, John, what do you think about this recruitment heading into the new year when it comes to Michigan's chances of landing him? I still think they got a good shot, but... This one, it's kind of been all over the place. It seemed like Michigan led at one point, and Maryland has come on as of late. South Carolina was also one of the perceived favorites for a while. Uh, But at the end of the day, in my opinion, Michigan's always been the constant in this recruitment, which, you know, it it doesn't mean guaranteed success. Like, it doesn't guarantee he's going to commit and sign with Michigan, but it at least gives them a shot at the very end of the day Uh, What do you think about this recruitment heading into uh, January and then the February signing day?
1: Yeah, I think uh, Michigan fans kind of think Michigan has a lower shot with Harbor than um, they actually do, just given the timeline of his recruitment. Like you mentioned, uh, Michigan started out really well and probably looked like they're leading. But then, of course, other schools did come into play here. And then, you know, you look at schools like Georgia, South Carolina, LSU, uh, Michigan hasn't been able to win battles against those schools recently just with um, NIL, but I think Harbor's different. He understands that he'll be able to make a lot of money through endorsements, things like that, wherever he goes. And that's kind of what Michigan's pitch centers around um, that once you get to campus, they'll take care of you. So Um, I think Harbor understands that. I think he values academics. Um, He has a lot of connections to Michigan's track program, which I think is really important because um, the other, you know, Southern schools especially do have have really good programs that are probably better than Michigan's. Um, But um, what really scares me right now, I'd say, is actually Maryland with how Mike Loxley recruits the DMV and he's pulled five stars from the area before. So I think the pull of staying home has been really strong lately Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting month or so in his recruitment. He just recently canceled a visit to Georgia. Um, we'll see if Michigan could get him up on campus again in January. I think that would go a long way in, uh, securing his commitment.
0: Yeah, I think so too. It would be really nice to get him back for an unofficial because he has not visited Ann Arbor since the month of September when he came for the game against Maryland, one of his uh, top schools of choice there. So, yeah, to get him, just him, and really focus on him and roll out that red carpet for Nick Harbour, I think that would go a really long way in uh, potentially landing him. So, yeah, look for him to possibly visit in the next month or so. I think that would really be telling as far as his interest in the Michigan Wolverines. I think he has high interest in Michigan, but uh, getting him back on campus, that would be huge for Michigan's chances of landing him in the February signing period. Let's go to another player who decided to forego the early signing day in December. And that is Jamel Howard. The three-star defensive tackle from Chicago, Illinois was once committed to the Wisconsin Badgers ended up decommitting uh, about a month or so ago. And it seemed like Michigan was really surging in this recruitment. And he decided to just hold off until the February signing day there are a few crystal balls in for Michigan right now, so the hope was that he was going to commit to Michigan and then sign during the early signing period. That obviously did not and will not happen, so he is choosing to kind of expand it a couple more months and Uh, Try and figure out what he wants to do, whether it's uh, go to Michigan, whether it's commit back to Wisconsin or whether it's go somewhere completely different because he's got a few other offers in his hands as well. So it really could go a few different ways, John. And I'm really curious to see um, where this one ends up going, because he would play uh, the nose tackle position and he would be quite the addition at the nose tackle position at six three, three twenty. Really big dude. And he would clog up running lanes in Michigan's defense. And that's kind of the the type of uh, defensive lineman that they're looking for. They're looking for bigger dudes as opposed to uh, the smaller defensive lineman that they used to recruit under Don Brown. Definitely a change in that recruiting strategy. So Jamel Howard, he wasn't their first nose tackle of choice. They were trying to go after Cade uh, McDonald. That one didn't end up working out. So they went after Jamel Howard. And uh, they continue to go after Jamel Howard, but this one will bleed into uh, February uh, for his possible signature. What do you think about this recruitment uh, heading into uh, the February signing day?
1: I think this is definitely one that Michigan would have wished uh, Howard had signed in the early period because They had a lot of momentum as soon as he decommitted from Wisconsin and even a little bit before. Um, But now this extended timeline gives Wisconsin under Luke Fickle some time to uh, win him back into the class. Obviously, he likes a lot about the campus and school and program already if he was going to commit to them once. Um, So that's something to be worried about. I also think Illinois is going after him hard. Brett Bielema is really pitching, staying home in the state of Illinois and uh, helping contribute to a team he really turned around in uh this season there as well. So um Michigan's going to have to battle those two Big 10 West teams. Um that's another one that they may have uh you know shot ahead a little too early getting the unofficial and then an official um pretty soon. I'm pretty sh- I bet they were trying to push him to sign in December on that official visit last weekend, but they weren't able to do so and now they're going to have to kind of wait it out and you know hopefully go in home with him and uh, see if they can convince him to go to Michigan.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with everything you just said, especially they more than likely pushed for him to commit last weekend when he took that visit and just didn't work out. It's it's unfortunate that it's going to go into uh, February, but it is what it is at this point. They still got a good shot, uh, as does Wisconsin and Illinois, like you mentioned. One more player that I want to bring up here. And this guy is more of a recent uh, prospect who's on the radar now. And that's Cameron Brant. He is a 6'4", 260-pound defensive lineman from Chatsworth, California. Currently committed to Stanford and has been committed to Stanford since July 30th. He's a three-star guy at 438 overall. He has elected not to sign with Stanford during this early signing period. A lot of that I'm sure has to do with the fact that David Shaw resigned. Uh, So the lack of uh, all of that going on, I'm sure there's going to be some other coaching changes at Stanford. There usually is when a change in leadership happens. So he just wants to keep his options open. I think it's a smart move by him, whether he ends up going to Michigan or Stanford or otherwise, but reportedly Seems like he may visit Michigan in the near future during the month of January. That's at least what uh, the folks over at 24-7 Sports are saying, which would be big. Uh, I think he is a solid prospect. He's on the border of you know high three-star, low four-star, so he would certainly be a welcome addition to the class. Definitely would not be the nose tackle guy like what Jamel Howard is, but uh, nonetheless, a guy that Michigan – is recruiting and has been recruiting since they offered him back on May 24th. So John, uh, just your real quick thoughts on Cameron Brandt and uh, where this one may go. I'm really curious about this one because like I said, more recent on the radar type guy, even though he's had the offer since the month of May, they didn't really push for him very hard after he committed to Stanford in July. And uh, now it seems like they're going to uh, continue to recruit him and and p- possibly go all out for him uh, if they get him up on a visit next month.
1: Yeah, you can never have enough a good defensive linemen. So Michigan could really stack their class here if they uh, end up getting him. You know, I think he just wants to keep his options open. Didn't have quite enough time to, I think, familiarize himself with the new Stanford staff. But I think they're good, putting together pretty good staff out there. But Michigan will have a good chance to uh kind of convince him otherwise and get some times kind of the flip side of the Jamel Howard thing where um they're probably glad to have more time here to work on him and uh, try to get him to to flip if he doesn't like um the direction Stanford is going.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I think this is you. I I, I kind of think you nailed that. I actually with you know the, the whole Jamel Howard thing. It's like the inverse of of that recruitment they're gonna try and hold off and see you know maybe maybe they can get him on campus next month maybe they can get him to commit and end up signing in February would be a welcome addition to the class uh and like you said you can never have too many good linemen whether it be on the offensive side or the defensive side We'll certainly have to keep monitoring this one as uh, the 2023 class goes into that traditional signing period in the month of February. But, John, uh, I'm going to toss back to you once more. Do you have any other final thoughts or hot takes or just anything as it pertains to the 2023 class now that we're kind of through the uh, through the bulk of this one?
1: Um, not really. I think it was a pretty strange cycle for Michigan. Uh, but I think the transfers combining this class with the transfers, I think is going to be huge. Um, and I think it's going to end up being fine, um, could end up being another 2018 class where there's a lot of guys that may not be highly ranked, but fit the culture well, and uh, end up contributing down the line.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's the easy comparison to make is the 2018 class where you don't have a top hundred guy at all, but there are certainly the types of players that you want in the program as far as quality of character and the quality on the football field too, even though they're not top hundred or even five-star guys. I, I think Edda has a chance to be a really, really good player. At Michigan, I think Cole Cabana has a really good chance to be a really good player at Michigan as well, even though a lot of people are questioning his in-between the tackles running. I think he's got a really good shot at being uh, a really nice player at Michigan. I think he can uh, and contribute early to whether it's punt returning, kick returning, or if he gets into the rotation uh, at the running back position. I think he's got a good shot as any- anybody to uh, really contribute at a high level at the university of Michigan, but yeah, well, and, and you said transfers, I'm sure we'll talk about the transfers on this podcast. At some point, we did not have any time to do it today just because of everything that happened in the 23 class, kind of for the most part wrapping up. Uh, But we will most certainly talk about those transfers. I'm sure on a future edition of future brew. Well, that's all the time we got for today. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. You can follow John, at Simmons underscore John. Follow me on Brew, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, our YouTube channel as well. We would appreciate you following those if you have not already. And uh, subscribe to our podcast. You can download them wherever you get your podcasts and five-star reviews are certainly always appreciated as well. For John Simmons, I'm Vaughn Lozon. We'll be back next week with another edition of Future Brew.